I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Coming to you live from the place where Franklin states in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, July the 9th. You know, normally when I start saying, you know, larger numbers in July, it's good, right? Because we're getting closer and closer to football. And I think I even had like a whole little soliloquy last week about, you know, it's finally July. We can finally start getting excited. Well, about that. Um, listen, there's not there, there's not a whole lot that you can do if you have a sports podcast right now, especially if it's centered on college football and not talk about what is the, you know, the very, um, very uh, crystal clear elephant in the room. So we are going to talk about scheduling tonight. Um, I just want to tell you that my, my two co-hosts love schedule talk more than any humans. Well, actually, I don't know. They love the draft probably a little bit more. But when it comes to schedules and stuff, these two dudes are like um, completely in their element. So there are probably going to be periods of this show where I'm just like going to check out completely. And many of you might be very glad about that. Before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. I believe David Spence is in Fishersville tonight. Um, how are you doing, my friend? I'm just I'm just 2020 in, man. How to, whatever that means. Who days on the board at? Who days in, on Twitter? Uh, I don't know if you... <laughs> I don't know if you, if you guys watched John Oliver, but the other week he ended the, it was this whole thing about like, um, and now we can go back to our miserable existence or whatever. Um, it was the end of some letter or something like that. And so he just started saying it. And I was like, you know, it's very appropriate. Um, staff writer Justin Ferber is also back on the program. I'm not even going to try to say where you are because I, I just, I'm psyching myself out even as I try to stall. How's it going, dude? I'm in Arlington County, Virginia. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's going well, man. Can't complain. Uh, thank you to everybody who donated to the Who Crew thing last week. They told me that they got some sort of bump after our show, which is hilarious to me that we created any sort of a bump at all um, in any sense of the word. So thank you for everybody that gave money. So um, I can't remember what their final total was, but good on you guys. Um, at Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. Wow, that Cav- sounded terrible. <laughs> Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for the in-game updates. May they rest in peace. Uh, content items. If you yell at me, I will block you. <laughs> That's just a warning to everyone. Just I blocked, shot across I blocked the some dude today, not even for anything he said to me, just for something that he said to somebody else. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> Done. All right. Um, all right. Let's. We. I feel like we are somewhat prophetic, right? We had this whole conversation last week. Uh, they dogged me, everybody out there listening. They dogged me for my whole like point about how, like, hey, look, the ACC could just stick to the schedule as is play eight games call it a day um we hung up and they were like instantly like that's the dumbest thing you've ever said brad um which maybe it was i don't i mean but i've said some really dumb stuff uh but we had this whole conversation about conference only this and what would the schedule look like and now here we are kind of on the brink of what feels like the next step in this thing i i i liken it to how i felt um when i've heard when i was at the acc tournament and heard that you know the ivy had canceled there uh, conference tournament, obviously, and then the Big Ten canceled theirs, and I was I was in a building where the bands were playing, and it just and it still felt like maybe this thing was not going to happen. Um, I, I don't hear any bands right now, but it doesn't sound like I'm going to get to hear um, any anytime soon, at least in terms of um, the out of conference at, at the bare minimum. So the Big Ten has said they won't play out of conference games. Rumors are the ACC is leaning that way as well, but they have nothing to announce, at least as of now. Um, as we record this on Thursday evening, uh, a little before 9, it sounded like the Pac-12 is also leaning in the same direction. So it looks like all of the Power 5 conferences are going to be in a situation where they're going to play conference games only. So what we're going to do tonight is we're essentially going to talk about that. What does that look like? What does that mean? All right. Now, listen, we understand that there's a very real chance that there's no football played. Okay. Uh, Virginia's players just reported to 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 Charlottesville for um, voluntary workouts. Their um, mandatory stuff starts next week. Who knows if they get there? Right um, at this point, um, all of this is TBD. We, we we can't have a podcast every week that just talks about how uncertain everything is. So we're going to have to focus on some aspects of the uncertainty tonight. We're going to focus on the schedule. Now, Dave, in his glory, um, has 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 built a schedule. <laughs> and I want to. I want to well, just Ferber leave it. Ferber was at that. too busy analyzing film. So that yeah, Ferber <laughs> in his film. Um, for the record, that series is incredible. Like I'm going to be really sad if we don't get football. So then you can't do it again next year. You're going to be like working on like 2019 film again. Um, Dave, yeah, I want. I'm just going back to backwards. <laughs> now we're going to go like at 2018. Um, Dave, I just want to open it up and let you sort of 
go through your methodology. How, I, I will. Um, I'm going to tweet out a picture of it so that I can put it in the show notes. Um, yeah. While we're while you're talking, but I, I want you to sort of waiting to trademark it. So, well, I'm going to. Don't worry. I'm going to. I'm going to tag you. I'm going to tag. I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to trip you. Don't watermark. worry. Right. Yeah, watermark um, that shit. Actually, I actually sorry. Excuse my language. I actually do have a watermark from way back in the day when uh, the the website was different and we did like we, well, we could I, do I think like, we discussed this, but these gifts that we've been making for the uh, film room things, like it allows you to put a watermark on, and I was like, that would be cool, but ESPN will sue us. Yes, for yes. Sure. we need to. We, we yeah. do not claim ownership of ESPN. Don't worry. All right, Dave, how did you? Where where did you start? How did you get there? Take us through it. I mean, look, I mean, in the land of mythical sports, um, I mean, to me, it, it seems like. You know, out of conference wasn't going to happen. I think I mentioned that last week. Yeah, it was last week's podcast. I said maybe you just play conference only. And then when you start getting to the logistics of it all, like I'm just thinking, what can you do to mitigate risk and also give yourself, you know, mitigate risk as much as you can, but also not have to spend millions upon millions of dollars on testing every week to make sure you've got a healthy roster before you play the next game. And so it kind of, the thing I think I mentioned last week was if you can have a bye week between each game you play, um, if you got power five conferences, group of five, whatever, they all do the similar thing. You can just stagger it where this team, one couple conferences play this Saturday, the next couple play the following Saturday. So TV guys still get all their deals, right? But you, you know, in a normal, I think there's 13 weeks in your, in the season. So there's a way you can have, you know, so the schedule like, came up with was ACC playing week one, week three, week five, week seven. So everyone getting a bob between every game. Um, the point of that being like you've got 14 days between games. So, so you don't necessarily have to come back and test everyone. You can come back and let them get, you know, stay in their little bubble. They develop symptoms. Then you've got time to, to see who develops symptoms before you go take on another opponent. Um, so this like every other week, you know, Every, a buy after every game essentially and it allows you time so you finish your season on your normal week 13 typically the acc championship game is week 14 which this year would be december 5th so you can leave that open like you probably don't need to play an acc cha acc championship game if there's not going to be a playoff um or if the teams aren't competing for a playoff spot um but if you do you could push that back a week and that would give you the, the following week to make up any games that perhaps would be what's the word I'm looking for would be important to deciding the coastal or the Atlantic champion. Like if you get to week 13, you know, week 14, 15 in this thing and a game was postponed and the teams are at the bottom of their division, it's probably not worth the extra risk to play it. Um, but I mean, that's my thought process. Just give it two weeks. And then, so if you play your traditional eight game schedule, that gets very difficult. So, it was how do you how do you get rid of that, but still get all your your divisional play in. So my idea was to eliminate your game against your every year crossover rival, because you're going to see them again next year, assuming football comes back. But your your rotating opponent, Virginia, has Clemson this year, and it could be five, six, seven years again before they rotate on your schedule. So why not play that game this year as your seventh? And so the schedule I came up with, basically, it has one team in each division playing a crossover with the other division, the one who was already on their schedule for this year, um, while the other six teams in each division are playing, you know, inter-division games. Um, and it it worked out well. I didn't start that way. I got to give Ferber a heads up for reminding me I needed to think about how I was scheduling before I got deep into it. But, I mean, I tried to keep have a good game every week um, as much as you could without a computer helping me. It was just my brain and some paper um, trying to keep some traditional robbery games towards the end of the season. And I mean, it, it's just an idea, but to me, I liked it. The only, you know, I think the hiccup and I'm sure we'll debate this more is, is the Notre Dame situation. <laughs> the Notre Dame situation. Is that our title? Um, <laughs> so, all right. I like the idea I think there's like two different ways to do this. And before I get into this further, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go to you, but um, I, I like the idea that you basically simplified it as opposed to trying to make it work every week and, you know, building up on the potential um, chaos of it all. 
Ferber, what did you when you saw Dave's schedule? Because I'm sure in your brain you probably started thinking about your own schedule and whatnot. What do you think of the Spence plan? As I just trademarked it on Twitter, I think it works as well as anything I've seen suggested. Um, I think it definitely like adding those extra buffer weeks in between games is a really good idea from a safety standpoint. Do I think that they'll actually do that? No. Like, I mean, I don't know if they're going to do it that way because um, I think what they're going to try to to emphasize is minimizing the total length of the season. So I think that they're going to try to, like, get it done in two months or whatever. Um, now, I mean, I think that what he did is smart and makes sense. Um, we'll see what happens. Notre Dame does throw a wrinkle in things, but in some ways it might be able to help you a little bit if you're the ACC because – you know, you have an uneven number of teams in each division. There's seven, so they can't just, like, play each other every week. You have to have a crossover game or, or something. So you might be able to work them in somehow. I think it's an interesting debate whether or not, it. you know, they should be, you know, scheduled. I think, like, you can have – I've kind of gone back and forth on it. Um, but I think it, it works as well as anything you can think of. And, and go back, going back to what you said at the beginning, um, I never, I, I completely was on board with um, what you said about conference games. The thing that I was concerned about was leaving the schedule as it was. Right, um, right. Because then you create situations where some teams start at the beginning of September, some teams don't start <laughs> till October, <laughs> and then some teams like will have like four weeks off in the middle of the season. And is that better than nothing? Maybe, but I think that, you would have some issues where like one team would just be practicing for like a month, <laughs> like, you know, like yeah, waiting right? for their games and stuff. Um, and it would create like crazy competitive disadvantages, I think. Um, but I think that having the conference games, uh, I think it was Matt Jones, who's like the Kentucky sports radio guy. He said on Twitter, something that I hadn't thought of because I've seen people bring this up and I think it's a good point um, or a valid point. Like why, cancel the non-conference games for the sake of travel or money or whatever if they're local like uva plays vmi uh and odu like why get rid of those games if you're going to have them go to georgia tech um right so like how is that better but what it does is it like what um matt jones was saying was like for the sec or the acc for example it allows the league to control all of the testing protocols it's sort of like contained within the league you don't have like we talked about it last week, but like you don't have um, that like transitive property where like every one of your teams is playing all these other non-conference teams, and then they're playing other teams. So like you get like every you're exposed to like every team in the country over a two-week span or something like that. Um, this will just be you're playing yourself, and then maybe Notre Dame. Um, I've seen some people throw out the idea of maybe playing like the traditional rivals that are in the SEC, like Georgia playing Georgia Tech. Louisville playing Kentucky. Um, while I think that I, I think that everybody would be interested in trying to preserve those, I'm not sure how flexible the concept of conference only is. Because what the Big Ten basically said was like, we're not playing anyone else. Like, there's not going to be any other games. Like, Iowa, Iowa State is not being played. Um, so if they stick to that in the other leagues, then I mean, you're going to have some rivalries that just don't get played, and so on and so forth. But um, I, you know, there's not an easy way to do this thing. What Dave came up with is as good as anything I've seen. Um, unfortunately for UVA, their team that they would have to play this year from the Atlantic would be Clemson. Um, yeah. So which, which shows it wasn't a Homer. Point yeah, exactly. I like how you threw that in just to make it fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this would be a good year to play like Boston college or something. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that I don't, I mean, we're going to have to see because like, you know, we were talking about it last week, and so if you're the ACC, do you say, all right, we're starting the season on September 19th, and we're going to leave everything from there on as scheduled the way it is, and then we'll fill in the blanks with other games. Like, if Louisville has, like, a month off from ACC play in the middle of October, we're going to fill those weeks in with games. Or do you just blow the entire schedule up and start from scratch? Where, like, that game that's scheduled for – um, October 3rd against North Carolina isn't scheduled anymore, and you just reschedule everything, um, however you want to do it. I, I'm, I'm fascinated. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm pessimistic like the rest of you guys that everything's going to continue to go the way um, that we want it to go. 
just because we saw with basketball, like it was a lot of compromising, compromising, compromising. All right, you know, we're not going to have fans. And then it was up, we can't play. And then it's up, we can't play the NCAA tournament. So I think we're in that compromise phase now, and it's going to come down to this next like month to decide what happens. Um, I'm just fascinated to see how it fits together because while it sucks that we have to go through this and for multitudes of reasons, um, I think it will be kind of like a fascinating case study and like, there might be some like good scheduling practices and things that could come out of this because then it ruins the, like the the excuse of having to plan a year, two years, three years in advance to make a schedule for a league is no longer vo- you know valid because we're changing them on the fly now, right? So, all right, here's my thought process on this. At um, <clears throat> one, I think Dave's schedule is amazing, and if and if Swaffer comes out in a press release or whatever in two days and says like here's our schedule and that's what it is, I'll be overjoyed. Not only because Dave did it but but just in general because i mean i one, think dave would be pretty pissed i think dave would freak the heck if out. swafford just put the excel spreadsheet up and was like this <laughs> was is that, what we've come up with this is, he's like he's like i worked so hard and then they just tweeted it um but no, i'll just okay. assume i'm the new commissioner <laughs> <laughs> all right here's my thought so two tracks right on the one hand you can do kind of what dave did which he, dave is realistic right like let's give some time in between games let's you know we'll we'll give up the dates that we previously had and we'll um, we'll, um, you know, we'll make it be what we need it to be. But then there's the other part of me, which is like, hey, listen, ESPN and the ACC network control, all of a sudden, control as many football games as they want. This has literally never happened, right? I mean, we we talk about, like, for months, we've all said, you know, oh, this is unprecedented times or whatever, right? Like, this is literally the first time you could have an unprecedented thing that might actually be a good thing for the league. Because think of it like this. Are some of those games non-conference going to be played in ACC venues? Absolutely, but some of them weren't, right? Now they will be, and presumably the ACC network and ESPN could basically control as many games as they want, right? Now let's we'll, we'll get to Notre Dame in a minute, but let's just focus on literally just the full-time ACC members. Now you can't because there because of the number of them, you're not going to play that many games. You can't get a full like everybody plays everybody, right? But what you could do is you could get everybody plays most everybody. And there's a part of my brain that thinks to themselves, self, the ESPN has missed out, you know, sports media in general has missed out, colleges have missed out. There's a budgetary drive here for them to probably play a lot more games than they should, right? Or at least to attempt to, if for no other reason than to put it on TV, right? Um, athletic departments yeah like they could need. say like let's play 10 you know instead they, they, of 12, yeah they could we'll play 10 like they could say 10 right they could say 10 right off the bat and you could say okay you're going to play all of your your division opponents and you're going to just play and we're just going to pick out of a hat right um who cares right it's just, we're just going to make up a schedule because this is easily you know like last year's basketball season you know everybody just kind of tosses up like hey that's the that's the weird one at least we hope that's the weird quote-unquote one um football could do the same thing with this right 2020 was just the weirdest year ever but there's also the possibilities like, look, we can think about that they need to go down to 10, but what if they just kept it at 12, right? You kept it at 12, that's a lot of extra inventory for the ACC, for the ACC network. Not just for now, but for f- the future, right? Um, just in terms of being able to have all of those games on, on ACC-branded airwaves, right? Of all the times for you to have this opportunity after you've launched your own channel and it's barely, you know, it's off the ground a little bit, but realistically, like this is not exactly the time frame that you want to be dealing with a massive pandemic and a recession, right? Un, you know, unconscionable levels of unemployment, right? Now's an opportunity for you as a league, given everything that's the situation facing all of your, your member schools to put a lot of inventory out there. Now, that does lead into the Notre Dame conversation. Um, I'm just going to preface everything I'm about to say for the rest of the show about Notre Dame like this. I understand that a lot of folks hate Notre Dame and hate the way that they feel like they've treated the league. I just don't care. And I, maybe I'm just in the minority here. Like, um, I just I legitimately couldn't care less. Like Notre Dame wants. To, I mean, if I if I was if I was you know a fan of School X and my school could have its own yeah. television deal, I'd want my school to have its own television deal. Yeah, I mean, I if you're Notre Dame, if you're Notre Dame, you're like, of course we're gonna hold on to this for dear life right. until exactly. we have until, to until we change, have to, which this might be the time. But yeah. yes, I mean, the, the to me, 
if UVA was in a position, real talk, if UVA was in a position where they could get their own whatever deal, I'd say goodbye to ACC in a heartbeat, right? Like, think about that. They could have their own – like, every game was on the same channel. They got their own announcers. Well, like, I mean, Dave and I saw it when we were there. Like, they have a freaking NBC studio on their campus. Right. Like – so. I get, I get, I like, I, I'm of two minds about this, right? It makes sense to me why people hate them. I'm just not one of them. Like, I just legitimately don't care. Like, I just don't care. Now, having said that, I understand that there, this is the opportunity, right, for a lot of ACC fans who've been waiting, you know, for those just desserts to give it back to them, right? They, they, they've been thinking Notre Dame has been jerking the league around for years, and here's the opportunity to really put the screws to them and say, listen, you want to be on our schedules this year, you're going to have to be part of the conference. Do you guys think that's the right call for Swafford and company to make in the next few weeks? Do, what, what do we think about putting, using the leverage that the ACC has and trying to basically bully Notre Dame? I don't, I, now, I just want to preface this by saying, contractually, I don't know what that means. Like, I don't know what it means for their NBC deal and everything that goes with it. But let's just assume, let's just take that off the table and just talk about the idea of it, right? Dave, what do you think? Do you think the league should do that? I mean... No, I don't. I mean, I think, honestly, I think the league should say, hey, Notre Dame, we're sorry we can't help you this year. just doesn't make sense for us to, you know. I mean, I think the bigger picture is, like, why why are these conferences saying we're just going to play conference games? To me, like, all the points Justin was bringing up are, are valid. But I think the big one is if they can just get five games into the conference year, six games into their conference play, and then things are getting worse and they don't want teams traveling every week, the Power Five could get together with the you know the playoff committee and say, hey, we feel like we got a pretty clear indicator who the four best teams are. Let's give them a month and send them out to play the playoff and make some TV money off that. I think that's part of why they're doing it. So if if that's why they're doing it, then bringing in a team Notre Dame like Notre Dame to play ACC teams is just going to hurt the ACC ch- chances of 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 saying, hey, we've got a clear champ because you're not going to have you know. You're you're risking health and safety of your players playing anyway, but playing in a game which clearly won't, you know, it's just, you can't have them play everybody. So there's going to be uneven schedules. And to me, it just look. I understand what Notre Dame's issue is. They're you know they've got a lot of big team, Big Ten teams on their schedule which aren't going to play, and they got six ACC teams, three in each division. Um, who are they going to play? Well, that's a terrible thing for Notre Dame this year. But if Notre Dame makes a playoff and gets $100 million or whatever for the bowl game, they don't share it with the ACC. That's all their money. So to me, like you played that hand. Some years you come up looking beautiful. This year you're not. And when you're talking about the conference, you know, Notre Dame's still going to get a cut of whatever money the ACC does get because they, that's how their deal works. They, they get a, a partial share of because all their other sports are there. Um, that's you know, but the ACC school is going to be struggling, so it's going to be a smaller pie. Bringing in Notre Dame and dividing the pie with them this year, even more, makes zero sense. And look, it's going to be a lot of backlash. It could ultimately lead the Notre Dame leaving the conference and going to the Big Ten that's flush with cash and um, trying to get out of their agreement. To me, I, I think that's just a risk you've got to be willing to take because weakening your conference for Notre Dame gives them ultimate power, and they'll never come around. Um, so. Look, I mean, I do dislike the arrangement with Notre Dame. I'm one of those guys. I think it's it's ridiculous that the ACC kind of semi-allowed them in to start with um, because it puts you in situations like we're in right now. Well, I don't know if I could, I mean, the, the the right now situation, I mean, I don't know if they ever <laughs> could have foreseen that. No, none I, of us did. No, for none sure. Here's my but, thing about Notre Dame. Like, we have to be mindful to your point just a second ago about like, you know, they could bolt and go to the um, you know, Big Ten or whatever. The ACC kind of needs them in a way. Like you think about the ACC in all of the other sports without Notre Dame. Like is it st- is it fine? Sure, it's fine, but wouldn't it be nice to have them? Right? Like isn't it good if you're going to be if you're not going to be the league we always knew the ACC to be? Why not have a brand like that in the league that helps? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not just – I mean, I understand, like, in a, in a perfect world, you get them for football, you'd be able to have all the eyeballs that they get money for themselves. You, you know, you're, the agreement that I think the ACC struck, the only reason it sits poorly with me and is not necessarily because Notre Dame really made out like a bandit, but that 
I, I just don't think that there's a whole lot of benefit specifically to the ACC schools in football, right? Because of the, you know, you go and you play them and you don't play them again, right? Like, it, however many years it takes for you to get back in the rotation. But then again, that's sort of the ACC as a whole, right? Like, you, you, you play Clemson, you don't play them again until, like, you know, 2050 or whatever. Um, my thought was, this is an opportunity, a, a piece of leverage that the ACC is not going to have. But also, too, like, um, you mentioned the Big Ten and, and being, stra- you know, having plenty of cash. Like, in, in ter- in, at least in the, in the world that we knew before March, right, in that, in that world, Everybody would have expected the Big Ten to be rolling in dough, right? I mean, I don't necessarily think the ACC should thumb its nose at Notre Dame, especially because that's a school that you probably want in the non-football sports going forward. Ferber, what do you think? Do you how do you, how do you yeah. what's your point of view on this thing? I think the last point that you just made is a really good one. The ACC is in I don't want to say cash poor position, but compared to the other leagues, they are. Um, I mean, you can look at the revenue from the ACC network, and it's not terrible, but if you look at the projections for the next like five, 10 years, they're lower than the PAC 12 who has basically been called a joke for their network. And part of that is because the ACC network isn't on Comcast, which eventually it will be, I'm sure. Um, and that's like a huge, you know, a lot of subscribers. So I think that this is how I feel about Notre Dame in general. I think that it's sort of a symbiotic relationship where the ACC benefits by having them and, 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 and other sports besides football. And I think Notre Dame benefits from it as well. Um, it kind of streamlines their football schedule a little bit. Um, it makes sure that they don't have like a crappy year where they have to play like a bunch of MAC teams or whatever. Like they have a, a baseline of like I think five ACC games a year, and in some of those teams they used to play all the time anyway, and some they would you know schedule with like Florida State or Miami or whatever. Um, I think that. Dave is right that normally, like Notre, I think the point he made about Notre Dame may, kind of made its bed. Normally it works for them, but these are the situations where it doesn't, and they're, they're just going to have to deal with that is true as well. Um, I think that, I mean, we've always talked about this, and I think this is a big reason why the ACC wanted them because, and why they wanted to be in the ACC because, I mean, quite frankly, they could have, if they wanted to, they could have just left when the Big East, the reason that they joined the ACC, I believe, was the you know the old Big East kind of split into like the football AAC and the non-football like the Villanovas of the world stayed in the basketball Big East. Notre Dame could have stayed in that league, but the ACC is just a better overall. It's a stronger league, right? Um, so I think that they want and and they have you know obviously partnerships with they're they're more like-minded with universities in the ACC than the Big Ten, and I think that's and they have like an East Coast sort of thing. Um, so I think that. The, the 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 hand that the ACC has always thought that they could eventually play, which is what happens when the college football playoff makes conferences like automatic bids into the playoff. And it just becomes exponentially easier to get in as a champion of a league than not, right? Maybe Notre Dame stays independent in that case and says like, hey, hopefully there's like some wild card spots for us or something. But if not, or if it seems like it's just going to be impossible for them to get there as an independent – the ACC would then be able to cash in on that and add them, right, right? Right. And I think that's the idea. And I don't know. I don't think – I'm not saying they can't join the Big Ten, but I believe they'd have to pay like a ridiculous amount of money to the ACC to do that. Yeah, because um, the ACC holds its right – it holds their rights. Right, for, it holds yeah, their rights. I don't know how that works for Notre Dame exactly. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know if that's an option for them. But I think the ACC in this situation – this is where I ultimately fall down on this particular issue with COVID. I think the ACC has to – this is where they need to play their hand. Like, this is where they need to – they don't need to make – I don't think you can make them join the league over this because I don't think they they have enough leverage for that um, because this is kind of a lost season anyway. So Notre Dame could be like, screw it, we'll just play BYU four times or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the ACC has some leverage here, and they should – this is my issue. I don't have a – if if having Notre Dame on the schedule helps the league overall – Fine, because you do get the exposure with them on NBC and whatever. I don't know exactly how that works for the other teams and stuff. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if it's a complete detractor for the league, then don't do it. But um, what I don't want the ACC to do is just be like, yeah, we're just going to acquiesce to whatever you want um, because we don't want to piss you off in case later on you want to join the league. Um, 
they should say like, hey, you're going to have to share some of your revenue or something. Um, or you're going to have to like play on the road a lot or something like that. I don't know how it would work. Um, something that the other schools can, it's worth their time to play the game, if that makes any sense. Um, or maybe yeah. you count those games towards the standings. So like if you beat Notre Dame, it helps you. Um, mm. it, it's not something that doesn't count. Like Notre Dame can't play in the conference championship game. They're just trying to go 8-0 and make the playoff or whatever. Um, but maybe you count yeah, those then, games as league games or something. Yeah, it's just it just gets dirty when you start doing that because who are the other teams going to play? You know, Notre Dame's got six ACC schedule, teams on their schedule as is, you know. Um, so you would argue those are the, if they were going to play six ACC games, it should be those because it's their turn to play them, right? Um, but then it makes it impossible for, yeah. You know. I think what, what are you the could other do is like you could have a situation where like, so you you leave the you leave the this is just a hypothetical. You leave the schedule at eight games. Some teams play their every year rival. Some don't. The ones that don't play Notre Dame instead. Um, Something like that. I mean, I don't have Excel in front of me. Yeah, so I, I mean, it can work because they're uh, this year they happen to play three coastal and three Atlantic teams. I think that's normally how they try to do it. Yeah, and um, you could just say like, all right, like Duke and Wake Forest aren't going to play each other this year, but like they'll both play Notre Dame instead. Uh, that's a bad example because Notre Dame or Duke and Wake Forest are very close. But you could do it by proximity, where you could say like, instead of shipping Boston College down to Blacksburg, you know, yeah. we'll just have them play Notre Dame instead or whatever. I just like if I'm a fan of a team and we get you know. Let's say you're playing Notre Dame week five or six in this hypothetical season, and you know, um, player, you know, a player gets sick after that game and he can't play in an ACC game that matters at the week after. Like, look, I, mean, I understand Notre Dame's got to play someone. They're a national brand; they've got to be on TV. Um, and you're right, like you know, the ACC. I mean, I was being a little dramatic saying the ACC should tell them that this is the card you, you know, the hand you were dealt. Um, but the ACC I think a lot made of people their, feel that way, though. Yeah, but I mean, the ACC made their existing TV deal with Notre Dame in the package. So Notre Dame not having football in the conference doesn't add a whole lot of value. Um, I mean, you, you can't be much further behind the Big Ten than the ACC is, given the fact they've had a national championship in football and basketball, and all like football drives the bus, right? Um, so if Notre Dame is not putting that in your package, what are they really giving you other than dividing up your share of the money you do get? Um, so, and we were yeah. talking about this before, like a few weeks yeah. ago, right? I mean, we were like, how is this beneficial to the league? Like, unless NBC picks up like the entire ACC contract or something. Um, yeah. It's just, I mean, it's just it, a weird arrangement. And the idea, I think, like I said, is that eventually it would go away and they would just become an ACC team. And the ACC would say like, good thing we, we kind of acquiesced at the beginning and yeah. got our foot in the door and then we cashed in. Right. Yeah. I mean, if, if Notre Dame is willing to say, Hey, we'll, we'll split we'll take our NBC revenue for this year and give, you know, half of it or three quarters of it, even to the ACC for allowing us to have six games to put on the network. So we get our money. Then I think maybe you can talk. Um, but otherwise, like, look, the ACC's ultimate responsibility is for the safety of the student athletes participating in ACC conference games. So if the best way to control that is having them play other ACC schools who are going to be following the ACC protocols, then having Notre Dame's issues are Notre Dame's issues, not the ACC's. If they want them to be, you know, if, if they want they, their issues to be considered by the ACC, it's a pretty easy contract. I'm sure Swafford's willing to send it over right now. <laughs> yeah, I bet, I bet he would. But I think yeah. you're right. I think that, like, I think that, just real quick, I think that it creates a lot of issues, too, because it's like Notre Dame is getting added to people's schedules. Then it's like Louisville's like, well, can we play Kentucky? They're not in the ACC. They're, yeah, like, that's that's where I was about to go. Listen, uh, Dave's point about the, the ACC's kind of mandate or its onus, right, is on the ACC's you know, student athletes, right, is to do, do right by them. I don't disagree with that. Let me take that in a different direction. All right. In Dave's in, – in the Spence plan that we have we released tonight <laughs> um, – those are all ACC games. The ACC controls them all. The ACC, they all count, right? In a scenario where now Notre Dame is getting X number of games, all right? Let's just say it's six. Let's say they keep the six. All right. How, unless you're going to count those games as quote-unquote ACC conference games, right? 
what does that mean in terms of standings, right? So, so your team X, you're stuck because this happened to be the year you're supposed to play Notre Dame, right? When you should have been playing, I don't know, Boston College or whatever, right? Now you're playing, and then Notre also, Dame. I mean, you're not getting your Elons and your right, you exactly. Know. So you're so you're stuck. You're not you don't get your non-conference game, but then you have this sort of sort of non-conference game, but which is kind of a conference game. But then, what does that mean for the conference standings? Like, what happens if you're a game out, right? And you and you're and you don't get to basically have that chance to, you know, if there is a, you know, heck, the conference championship game might be your bowl game, might be the only bowl games they play, right? Um, I just look at it from the standpoint of I understand why Notre Dame is is in the league for everything else and why Notre Dame has done everything it can to keep its independence. I also understand that for the ACC, having Notre Dame. Having having six of your league games on Notre Dame schedule, knowing that you're going to get what what do they they split them right? There's three of them at home and three of them on the road. Isn't that the way it works? Right. So the ACC gets it's usually to play. something like that. They usually don't have six though. It's usually five. But this is just right. like a weird. So year. there's some breakdown, right? Six. This year kind of works in their favor to have six, right? I guess. But. All right. So so roughly you're talking three, two or three, you know, games per year that you get to put Notre Dame on your airwaves, right? Otherwise, Notre Dame's on its own airwaves all the time, right? So the ACC does benefit. It is part of the package. And and I think that for a lot of people, the words I just said don't matter, but they, in terms of the, the business side of college athletics, they do. The problem with this whole thing, okay, the problem with the, with the, the, problem with the Notre Dame situation is this year, if they do this, if they try to have a season of ACC-only games and then they give Notre Dame six games, right, this is the, the complete – like, this is the Notre Dame problem on steroids, right? Because essentially there is no benefit to the ACC teams that play Notre Dame this year in terms of the competition in the league. That it is essentially only a money grab. And you're only doing it because you don't want to make them mad. You're only yeah. doing and it because you, you want to And you also, like, it. for those teams that are hosting them, they don't get to have people there. So, like, right. it's not a exactly. draw. So there's no draw. You're, you're basically just, you're just kind of screwed a little bit, right? Now, I tend to think that if you think of Notre Dame as just being a really good team in the ACC, that it's good to have them on your schedule because that elevates your program. It's a good thing. Your problem right now is that like you could have them on your schedule and you could beat them, and then it just doesn't even help you in the conference. And this year with no, no, no non-conference games, you know, where everybody I think is very TBD on everything, especially bowl games, right? What point, other than just money, right? And it really what it does is it just shines a light on the hypocrisy of the whole thing. And again, I'm I'm saying that as somebody who I, I don't care about Notre Dame, you know, yeah. being in and out of the league at the same time. But like this is this is the worst of the example, right? This is the worst of it on full display, you know. You you y'all know what the big Notre Dame game is this year, right? It's I Clemson at Notre well, they Dame. They play Clemson, yeah. At Notre Dame, I, I think it was. That's I think it's Notre, at home, right? Yeah, it's at Notre. It's in South Bend. Um, what like, if you did something where, like, you said, "Sorry, about, I don't want to." No, you go ahead. You go ahead. No, I was going to say, here's my plan: if if if, if uh, Notre Dame wants ACC, let them play six games or whatever. Let's just we'll push my hypothetical Spence plan to starting week two on the schedule, so it'd be two, four, six, eight. We push it back a week. We'll let Clemson send up whatever players they want to South Bend on September first. If South <laughs> Bend, be, if they beat them, then they get to play. If they don't, Clemson can not play over week four anyway, <laughs> and they're done. Yeah, they don't get to go to the playoff if they lose that game anyway. Because, so. I mean, Notre Dame, like, them having to play Clemson is what, like, to me, like, the risk of that for the ACC makes zero sense. Because, look, Clemson's the the playoff contender. They've got, you know, they're, they're loaded. Shocker. And, like, if Notre Dame didn't have Clemson on the schedule this year, you know, they normally have one really good ACC opponent. But, like, I'm sure that's driving their bus, too. So, like, it's just... The fact that we we could come up with a plan for the ACC member schools and talk about it in like five minutes and spend forty discussing what to do about you know the the uncle that sometimes comes to the party and is really fun, um, like you know it's time for Notre Dame like the landscape of athletics. I, I can go around. I'm just so tired of <laughs> of having to make concessions to one program. Um, like I understand the history and understand everything else, but if not necessarily for the pandemic, but for me, like if you're going to have a relationship with a school, it's got to be all in or not partially in. 
Uh, we're not yeah, having this discussion about anyone else. Um, I agree. I think it's. I, I was. I was glad that ACC brought them in when, like, the way they did, just because I think it's better than not having them. Like, yeah. Um, like it's better than no ties at all because you know how do you benefit from that? But I think there has to be like the rubber has to meet the road at some point with this. Like, and I think the ACC. I think what's going to happen is eventually, like, this is my prediction. Eventually, they will join the league full full time. It, they're probably not going to be like thrilled about it, but I think they'll realize it's in their best interest for one reason or another. They'll probably get to keep their TV deal or whatever. Um, and then people will look back at what Swafford did and say like that was really smart because he got his foot in the door. He had he extended that like olive branch. He got them into a good league with the understanding that he knew that this would this was inevitable. Like that eventually they'd have to join, right? So I think that'll eventually happen. It's just a matter of like when. And honestly, if you, I mean, maybe I'm sure Notre Dame fans would have a lot of comebacks for this, but this is what I would do if I was the ACC. I'd be like, look, if you want to play this year, that's cool, but we really want, like, I would be pushing right now to be like, you, you know, we want you in the league full time. It doesn't have to be 2021. You can give give yourself a few years to play out the games you have on your schedule or whatever, but you have to agree to join the league. It's for the best. We'll add a, a 16th team that everybody likes. So that the divisions are even or whatever, um, and you get to keep your TV money or whatever, or you know maybe some sort of compromise there, but they don't lose it all. Um, so you're giving, you're enticing them to join the league, and also, um, you know, you say, like, you know, I'm not saying you tell them like exactly like we're just going to give you whatever you want but like things like eight conference games versus nine like that would be a big thing for notre dame because they want to play navy every year they want to play usc every year there's probably some other games they want to play so like if you give them four non-conference games you know that gives you some you know maybe maybe they're a little bit more likely because they're playing six acc games this year what's the difference between six and eight and then you get to play a conference championship game like if you're in the coastal if you're notre dame is in the coastal this year they'd be the favorites I'm assuming. Yeah. So like, yeah. I mean, yeah. like you could say like, all right, you're playing eight instead of six. You still get to play Navy. You still get to play, you know, this team and this team that you always want to play. And if you win all the games you're supposed to win, you get to play Clemson or whoever. And then if you win that game, you're definitely in the playoff. Whereas like, you know, on a normal year, it's like if they lose to USC or, you know, Pitt or whatever, it's like their season's over anyway. Right. I mean, at least it gives them another chance to, yeah. you know. And here's the other thing. Yeah. I mean, so African. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, here's the other thing, right? And Dave, I'm going to come right back to you. Okay. But here's the other thing. Like, the ACC kind of hurting in terms of, like, having a another, you know, there, what is what was the conversation all season long last year, right? Is that it's Clemson and everybody else, right? It's Clemson and the, and the rest of the Dwarfs, right? I mean, that's been the case for, what, five years since Florida State started to right. tail off? Exactly. So, until I mean, if I'm, if I'm and I'm going to go into this in some depth in a minute, but, like, if I'm Swafford, Listen, I'm, and I say this as somebody who does legitimately does not like have this angst against Notre Dame. I'd put the screws to him. I would want that in writing. I would use this as the avenue to get. Because I mean, what are their choices? If you're Notre Dame, what are your choices? Because you're gonna be left. Yeah, it's out. like you can play Army five times and you know Liberty or something. Like you know, yeah. like you're just not. And that's you know, ultimately the ACC has the has the cards. Play them. You know, this is your opportunity. And realistically. It would be it would be better for the league because not only would you get another heavyweight, right? But it would also it would also put to bed all of this nonsense around Notre Dame in general, and it would make everything uniform. And also too, it would get you more revenue because you'd have another school, right? You'd have you presumably you'd have to yeah. add a sixteenth. Now I don't know what that means for all the other stuff, but in terms of like right now, in terms of college athletics, you probably want as much product as you can have. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, I was gonna say like I mean. Swafford, whoever said, you know, we'd like to play Notre Dame, like that's great. But there's like, you know, there's 14 athletic departments that are looking at which programs they have to cut and having coaches taking pay cuts and are going to be paying for a lot of extra expenses this year. I can't believe that they're going to be like, oh, yeah, we should figure out how to add Notre Dame to our schedule this year for them who don't share our, their revenue with us. Because right. it, you know, it's not like ESPN is going to send you a bigger check because you play them for this year. Like, you know, if you come up with a plan, it is what it is. So, look, I, I'm sorry, Notre Dame. This is the bed you made. You, you've got to lie in it because I can't think of a single athletic director in the ACC who's going to stand up there and say you're right because you can't tell me a reason it makes sense. 
Yeah, I mean, like the way that I would, this is going to sound sort of cynical, but if Notre Dame didn't want to do, like, I'm not saying you just, like, force them to join the league. You don't have to go that far. But, like, make sure that they know that they're not just, like, taking whatever they want. Um, you can say, like, hey, we're going to help you out. Like, that's what we're that's what we're in this agreement for. But in exchange, we need X, Y, and Z from you to make this work or because it's not worth it. And if they don't want to do that, I would say, okay, what we'll do is we'll cancel the six games for this year, and then any ACC AD that wants to play you yeah, can you volunteer to do so. Yeah. Like, you know, and then you will get none of them doing that. Because, like, why, what's the benefit? Yeah. Right? I mean, if you want to go, yeah, if you want to go to the ADs and say, hey, you know, Notre Dame's got some big revenue. They've got to fill six spots this year. If you want to sacrifice one of your conference games to play them, um, that means you'll have one less counting, and it's going to hurt you in the standing so if you know if a team in like wake or whatever this is just a, this is a crazy out of there hypothetical or like you, you know, just say hey you can play a ninth game yeah or, yeah or i mean like you lose a buy yeah, or something if you want to yeah meanwhile we're, we're talking about notre dame and you know um, oh and it's gonna have to be on the road with no revenue so you're not getting <laughs> yeah. like ticket revenue exactly and so i mean the whole thing is silly yeah we're gonna be the man honestly the chances of us getting all even seven of my hypothetical games on my schedule and are pretty slim um, I mean, you're right, bro. What the way to start it off with, Brad talking about how it felt like when the Ivy League canceled. Yeah, right now it feels like we're in like the the Thursday game or when whatever day the ACC tournament yeah, starts it's like now. Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, that's what it feels yeah, like. Yeah, that's what we feel like we're in. Um, because that's how quickly things are moving. So even you know, I, I kind of want to put a button on it, and because there's one other thing I want to ask you guys about that kind of hit my head today. Um. I mean, the conference has to look out for itself. I like the schedule I put together. If they want to take it, it's free. Just you know, invite me to <laughs> a game free. in the future. Yeah. Um, but you know, here's the other thing: like, if the the downside to this conference only schedule and this like shortens this shortened season is, you've when you start talking about player safety, right? Um, you're going to have players that play. Like Trevor Lawrence playing eight games and going to cash in next year makes sense. But if you're like the second string linebacker who's a sophomore or junior and your team gets two or three games into the year and they've lost the first two, why are you going to continue to play? Why don't you say, you know what, that's it. Well, I'm, good. I mean, I'll come, I'm going to keep this year. So there's going to have to be tweaks to the red shirt rule, right? Because like, if you let them keep four games and keep their red shirt, then it, there's going to be a lot of different team looking teams week five. Um, well, that's true. I would say because there's probably not going to be bowls. Even yeah. I don't think any of us think it's going to be a bowl game. Maybe a playoff. Um, I think you can do a playoff because it's four teams. If you had like a 16 team playoff, you'd have yeah, to do like a screwed. bubble or something. Yeah. yeah. And even so, for I mean, the playoff, they could do a bubble. They could just be like, we're not going to do traditional bowls. We we're going to play the three games in like a five day span in like Tempe or whatever. You know. Yeah. I mean, but ultimately, like, even if we don't get where like you know, the COVID's running rampant through the teams. I, I think what you're going to see is just a player pushback because right now the coaches are in, can't really do anything. We're seeing all these tests come back. But when you get to the game week and someone tests positive, there's going to be people somewhere who are like, you need to get over it. We need to check it again. There's going to be pushback and there's going to be some teams who are like, hey, we're just not comfortable. And with, with the amount of voice players have now, like it, it's really, really hard to see the season getting played. Um, you know, we, we talked about it with basketball. You know, that's a what thirteen man roster. Like you got thirteen dudes running special. You know, eleven dudes running special teams. Um, it's it's just so many moving parts. And I mean, I hate to be. I feel like I've been pessimistic on every podcast for the last what three months, four months. Um, but it's really like my rational brain can't wrap around how we can possibly have a football season, barring some miraculous discovery in the next week or two well let me yeah i don't understand my problem is like tackling it's like you're gonna have like unless you unless you're just sure that everybody is negative right yeah it's like and that maybe then you could get away with it but that seems like a stretch with so many players like to be able to do that all right listen the further we get away from this i can't make my joke because <laughs> dave is like yeah. you know i don't know why you would play and i'm like well mike london talked to us about you know what is your why you know, he really, <laughs> yeah. you know, he really hit that hard. Who do you play for, et cetera, Who do you play for? Here's my thing, dude. Here's my thing. And I'm not saying this is the way it should be. I'm just saying this is the way it's going to be, right? Eventually, they understood they needed to cancel the NCAA tournament. Okay, full stop. They knew that they couldn't do it. 
Okay, if they get to that point with football, they'll do it. They'll they'll cancel it. But until they get there, the reality is is that this is this is a this is a backward situation in the sense of like Dave's like why would anybody play? The why and the you know is to the players they want to play right. This is that time in their life where they get a chance to do this right. Um, if you're if you're a college football player and you play, let's say you play at UVA, whatever, uh, you've been cooped up. You probably didn't get spring ball, right? You're gonna have just been back with your teammates. You're gonna want to do everything you can to play, right? Um, I don't think that those guys are gonna need any help to find a reason, okay? Because realistically, football is a crazy sport. There's a very good chance you're gonna get hurt at some point, right? The people still do it, and that's they're they're allowed to, right? It's their decision, right? We all we've we've talked many times about compensation and how it's unfair that college players don't get you know don't get to 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 basically get a cut of what they generate right, but beyond that beyond that these guys are gonna want to play, and the ones that don't like at UVA like they just won't be back you know like hey if you you didn't want to basically you could I think a lot of schools are gonna do that where you can kind of retain you know your situation if you don't feel comfortable, I, I just think that college football powers you know the b whether those are administrators whether those are um you know the schools themselves or however you want to describe them i think that we got to stop thinking about this in terms of like um well how how can we make it so that they don't get they don't they don't you know they don't they don't get the virus right the reality is that's going to be a question that they're going to answer after the kid has it right they're going to do everything they can to mitigate they're going to they're going to test you know if they're anything like the nba they're going to you know Gonna test like crazy. They'll have their protocols. Different teams will have, you know, their situations. Guys aren't allowed to like go out, right? You're not, you, you know, you're supposed to be, you know, always mindful of it. But the reality is, like, that's just gonna be a thing. Football's gonna f- gonna figure out after the fact. And I don't mean I don't say that because I think that's the way it should be. I'm just telling you that's the way it's gonna be. Um, that's a, you know, your your point about you know tackling and stuff is well taken. The reality is, is that they're not gonna worry if they get you to game day and everybody's tested negative. We'll play the game, and then after the game, on Monday, Tuesday, if somebody tests positive, we worry about that when we worry about that. They, this is a cross that we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there sort of situation. Right or wrong, I'm telling you, like that's probably the way it's going to be. That's why they they tried to do the NCAA the ACC tournament without fans. Then they, you know, the conversation was like, hey, maybe they can do the NCAA tournament without fans. Uh, until they had to, they would have, and that's the way this is going to work. And that's one of it, honestly, as cynical as that sounds, that's one of the reasons why I think that there is a good chance there is football of some description. Maybe it might not be what we want it to be. Maybe it might not be the teams that we're used to seeing. Somebody's going to play. Um, somebody's going to have a low test rate, whatever, whatever, um, and they're going to play. And that's, you know, this is one of those places where, you know, the NCAA is not the NBA. You know, like they don't have a, you know, this, they don't have a commissioner who oversees it and who makes all the decisions. The <laughs> I don't know if you saw the NCAA statement tonight, but it's pretty funny. <laughs> They're basically just like, do what you want to do. <laughs> like, they're just yeah. like, we support everybody doing whatever they think is best. And it's like, <laughs> great leadership. Why are you guys even a thing? Like, what leadership do you provide? Like, yeah. So, I mean, I, look, I'm not so trying funny. to be, I'm not trying to be cynical. I'm just being honest. Like, that's, no, I think you're on to something. I think, yeah. I think, I think that everybody will protect the money first. And that's why, I mean, you know, everybody get, has their opinions on like why we are where we are now, but that's why we are where we are now. Like, no, I agree with that. And we were slow other- to we were slow to shut down because nobody wanted to do that. And and I under, I'm not saying we can we can't Monday Monday quarterback everything. And then we reopened, and a lot more people got positive tests because we were just so anxious to get back to you know life. Um, so I think they'll do everything they can do. Um, Here's the other the problem thing. is like when it's a conference by conference decision, there is like a, you know, it's not like Miami can play Florida State and the rest of the league won't play like, you know, that sort of thing. So they're not all independent of one another. It's just I don't know. It, and the playoff is going to be kind of messed up this year, too, because you're going to have this debate where like if you have an undefeated team in every league and there's no non-conference games, how do you judge one from the next like if there was no if everybody just played in their contained leagues and there's five major leagues and there's four playoff spots like somebody's going to get screwed <laughs> you know what i mean so yeah i mean i, mean, I guess I that happens room for a title year. game yes so again in my hypothetical schedule to get back to where we started with like i you know let, let's just assume we do get to play it out um that's the one thing I, I did think you still had to have was a was a championship game um 
and you know play it two weeks i think i'll actually have it like three weeks later so you mean for the conference you, yeah for the conference um because it makes sense you just you just don't host it in the neutral field you like, could just, you just do it at you know, the higher <laughs> rated team host the game that's just <laughs> yeah. the way it is like so just so clemson, clemson yeah clemson <laughs> gets to host it and they get to go play um but yeah i mean i do like look it it's so it's so many hypotheticals that you 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 can't help but sound pessimistic if you start running through them all because there's very few optimistic um, hypotheticals, right? Like there's the chance of something miraculously changing between now and and September one is basically zero. You know, we were hoping things would miraculously change between the pre ACC tournament podcast and playing the two days you know after that, um, and we literally like we're arguably in a worse spot than we were then um and certainly like we we you're right when we we shut things down we're not going to get into a big discussion about that but i think today people are doing things a lot more cautiously not everyone but overall people are doing things more cautiously today than they were doing in march and we're still seeing you know we're still seeing a lot of cases now i know there's people that yes testing is up percentage of positivity overall is a little up. Um, like there's arguments. We're still learning a lot. That's fine for your individual health. But when you're talking about the sake of a student athlete, like not knowing is worse. You, know, you just have to assume the worst because otherwise, what are you doing this for? Like, yeah. you, you know, this is not professional sports. And I think that's the problem. It's the same as when I argued why they're going to shut the ACC tournament down. Like, you know, if you make them play, like you might as well be ready to start paying them. Yeah, um, and I, I think that's I wanna, what you get to with football. Before we wrap up, I want to I want to say this. Listen, if you're somebody out there who is, you know, maybe you've lost your job, maybe you know people in your life are sick, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever reason you have, you want football. You don't feel bad about wanting football, right? Like I've said that before. Like it's okay. No, there's to be nothing bored. wrong it's okay. with that. It's okay yeah. for wanting. It. And I think sometimes. You know, I, I read some things and I'm always like, dang, man, like, I don't think we're really being mindful of like the human element here on both sides. Right. I think for for a lot of people, they're not thinking of like people. There are a lot of people out there who could really just use some normalcy. Right. In a crazy situation. All right. And I and I would say to, to those people like, hey, it's OK if you want football. It's OK if you feel like you need football. I mean, I, I need football. Right. For a variety of reasons. The flip side is, is like, but then also be, you know, be more human too. like be mindful that like these kids are you know, we are put in dangerous situations in general, right? To do it when you know that there's a thing, right? It's okay if you say, hey, football's a dangerous sport, but there's a chance that everybody's going to be okay, or at least there's a chance that the that the number of injuries are going to be small or what have you, right? Everybody goes into it understanding that. This thing could could seriously, you know what I'm saying? Like, it could, it could seriously, I mean, like, I was reading a story earlier about, you know, three teachers who uh, were doing an online class together, followed all the parameters or whatever. All of them got COVID. One of them passed away, right? It was like three weeks and this lady died. And this stuff is real. And I understand that there's a, there's a whole, that this thing got politicized and da, 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 da. I'm not getting into that. All I'm saying is, is that, like, if you're somebody who really wants football, it's okay to really want football, but be mindful that, like, these are human beings. Like, these are folks who, um, you know, should not necessarily be asked, you know, to go out there for your entertainment, right? Like, be mindful of, like, if this was you or somebody you care, you know, you knew or you cared about somebody in your family, how would you feel about that? Even if the kids themselves want to play, should we put them in that position? And I think that goes to Dave's point about compensation and stuff. Like, on some level, you know, somebody has to be an adult in the room, right? Somebody has to be uh, an adult in the room who says, you know what, we would love to have the NCAA tournament, but it's just not safe. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta cancel it. As much as we all wanted to see it, and maybe we'll get there with football. I, I, I tend to think that um, I would like everybody co- to continue to prepare as if it's going to happen <clears throat> until we get to the place where it's not. But it's hard to, it's you know, we've talked about it. Like it's hard to, to be, you know, to be um, optimistic about that happening. You know. Yeah, I mean, like I don't. Maybe I misread the audience, but. Like, um, like I literally just got a tweet a few minutes ago and somebody was like, we're not going to have a season. Right. Um, and I was like, that's cool. But like, you know, I'm not, you want me to just say that over and over again until August? <laughs> like, you know, like how does that, that's not interesting. Right. So I'm, yeah. In the meantime, we are going to talk about like the hypothetical and we're not trying to like sell people on this. We've been pretty clear that we're pessimistic, um, but, you know, it, it's not interesting for us to just sit here for an hour every Wednesday, Thursday night and say, like, there's not going to be a season until it's canceled. <laughs> you know, like, 
Like what what good does that do? Like people don't want to hear that. It's depressing. So Yeah, um, if you don't like hypothetical discussions, you're not gonna like the next six months of this podcast. Right, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like if you want that information, like we're not lying to you and saying like we think there's gonna hundred percent gonna be a season, there's no problems here. We're just saying like if there is one, if things do turn around and go the right way, like what's it gonna look like? You know? I mean I can tell you, like, you talked about the NBA bubble, and they're not off the ground yet, but, you know, a week ago, two weeks ago, people were like, this will never work. It won't happen. There's no way it's going to happen. They're going to try. Like, you know, I mean, I don't know if it's going to work or not. Same with baseball. Same People said the same thing about the Premier League. You know, they can't, They had a bunch of positive tests when they came back to their training camps, and it's a different situation. Um, but they're playing now, you know, like they because they did what they needed to do, you know. So, I mean, they're kind of off the ground. So, I mean, like, we can sit here and, and say, like, you know, what we think is going to happen. But in this case, it's like that's not, you know, it's not entertaining, I don't think. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, I, yeah. And, and I what? go ahead, Dave. No, I was going to say, you know, and I mean, I, f- I feel like I need to say that, like, I, mean, you know, I understand if you're a listener, like, it's been a lot of depressing stuff for three months. And a lot of us, like, a lot of me specifically speculating on depressing stuff. Um, but I'm not like some dude who hates sports. Like, that's literally my life. Like, every night, it, it, I own a retail sporting goods store. We just do team sports. I don't sell, like, anything else. Um, sports being canceled affects not only my, like, what I do when I come home at night and watch on TV, but what I bring home to put in the bank, you know? Um, it's just... Like, sadly, it's reality. Um, I can't think of three dudes I know who want to watch sports more than the three of us. Um, so it's not, I mean, we're not trying to be Debbie Downers. It's just, you know, I'm also someone who's always kind of, in, I, mean, I feel like I've been on the student athlete side, but also understood the amateurism side. Right. Um, right. And this is kind of making me realize a little more about how much we expect of these players who are only getting scholarships. So it's been a little eye opening for me. A lot of things in the last couple of months have been eye-opening. And yeah. also, I mean, like, you just hit it. Like, people are always saying, you know, like, I can tell you personally, like, I try to be analytical and read a lot of stuff about what's going on. But there is a point where, like, I'm like, yeah, I don't need to read any more of this. Like, even though I believe it, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying I don't think that it's real or, like, I'm, you know, but at a certain point, you just go numb to the numbers. And it's like, all right, I know I need to wear my mask and, like, I'll just do what I need to do. But I don't need to read every single article about how everything's going to be canceled forever, you know, <laughs> like at a certain point I can just go watch a show or something like, um, so, I mean, like we kind of, I mean, I can't speak for you guys, but I feel like we should try to be like an escape <laughs> from, you know, that sort of thing rather than just like tell you over and over again, like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think we tried to do a good job over that, the stretch between the cancellation of the NCAA tournament and the last few weeks. Um, you know, but, you know, sometimes you gotta, I mean, yeah, you know, a month from now, if, they, if football does get canceled a month from now, we're just going to start doing the same thing for basketball. Yeah. I mean, I will <laughs> like, say, like, we well, when's basketball on... season going to start? You know, is, are they going to play? How many games are they going to play? You know, I mean, so. I, I think all three of us would have liked to continue like our conversation about on the field stuff. But, you know, when the conferences start announcing what they did today, it was hard to. Um, and it's just kind of by chance we got pushed to doing the podcast on a one day later this week. Because that would have been some stale news if we'd have done what we would normally would have done last and night. One, yeah, and one you last know. thing, like if you think UVA's schedule could be bad, like with or like their situation is not great, and it's not because it's not great for anybody. Think about like um, ODU or whatever, right? Yeah. Where it's like seriously, man. Like they literally, like I, I saw something. I think it was like Bowling Green or Akron, one of those MAC teams. Um, somebody said that they were playing two Big Ten games this year, and they were going to collect like two point two million dollars for the two games. And they're like they their like expenditures or budget or whatever for football was like four million dollars or something. So it's like half their money was coming from those two games. Just those and two now games, they don't yeah. have it. Yep. Yep. The the I'm 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 gonna get us out of here in a second, but I just wanna share this. Like I remember hearing some story about like that basically the pandemic was ruining was basically killing all or not killing, but like ruining the business for these hogs in Las Vegas. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the pod. I don't know if I have, but um, and I was like, what? And basically without no, but go on without without the without the overflow of food and trash right from the casinos and stuff in Vegas, uh, those those hogs don't have anything to eat. Same with rats was, in New York. 
Okay, stop. I mean, that's not as exciting, but they were no, like, it's not. each other and stuff. That's crazy. Um, yeah. But do you see what I mean? Like, this thing has had so many different, like, tangents. And, like, as we talk about people going back to school in general, like, not even talking about football. Like, I'm talking about just school. You know, like, my kid, I feel comfortable with her in a mask, but does everybody else feel, like, comfortable with their kid? I mean, like, that's a – man, I don't know if anybody's been on Facebook yet. Um, <laughs> like, wasn't that long ago, it was like, hey, teachers are the greatest thing ever. Now it's like, hey, go back, get back and, and take these bullets. Um, but no, my, my point is, is that like this thing has shown shone a light on a whole lot of different places where we maybe wouldn't expect it to go. And if somebody comes out of this thinking, man, we, we ask a whole lot of these student athletes. I think I, I, I'm, I'm of the mindset that scholarships are are that they have a co- currency, but also money is a currency. Um, the compensation that they make is a currency and asking them to do stuff. Um, in this sort of situation while also not getting actually compensated beyond the scholarship. Um, and I understand that like, you don't need to email me. I, I know what you think. I know you think the scholarship is the most amazing thing and a free education is, is not anything to sniff at. I would love to have had one would have saved me a whole lot of time. Um, but I wasn't particularly good at anything, so I probably didn't deserve it. But, um, my point being, there's a lot, there's a lot that this has helped us understand and, I hope that on some level folks can look at this situation and say, yeah, I would love for them to play, but, and that's, and it's okay if you want them to play, but, and that, that's, I, I think the place I, I hope fo- folks find themselves. Um, all right. I think that's a good place to put a pin in it. We went an hour. Um, I like Dave's comment. We're going to do what 10 minutes or whatever on the actual schedule and do like 45 on Notre Dame. Um, and I wonder how, how right you ended up being. Uh, if you're somebody who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it is that you get your shows. We are probably there, and if we're not, we need to be, so let me know. Uh, if you're somebody who's found the pod, has not given us a look at the website yet, check us out, CavsCorner.com. Let's see, right now I've got, uh, well, Ferber's latest film room is up. Uh, he had a really in-depth stuff on the um, depth on the defensive line. Um, just to kind of just to kind of link you on a plug after a conversation like that. Um I I wrote a thing the other day about in the weeds where I was talking about maybe these are some, you know, maybe football nerd or, or truly invested fan things to be worried about um, come next month when presumably Virginia's uh, opening training camp. Um, I caught up with three-star tight end uh, Mitchell Evans to talk about his top 10. I caught up with uh, Jeffrey Bassa, three-star DB out of Utah, who UVA likes at inside linebacker to talk about his uh, quote-unquote late offer from UVA after he'd already announced his top six. Um, and then I also, uh, had a story on, um, Brandon McKinnon, who is a post-grad offensive lineman, um, who I'm absolutely 100% positive would be committed to UVA if he could just take a visit. I wonder how many, there's several dudes out there like that, that if they could have just taken a visit, they'd be in, they'd be in by now. Um, but yeah, I think that's, uh, that's going to do us for this week. Uh, I want to thank Dave and Ferber for being graciously of their time as always. I very much appreciate it. Um, so I guess we will, uh, we'll see you next week. For David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. See you soon.